dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. And I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Guys, I I don't even know what this show's going to be because I was just all over the place with my emotions with this team since the season ended. I was relieved it was over, and then I tried to be pragmatic, and then I got mad as hell, and I've just really been all over the place. So we're going to get into it, but first let's get into the introductions. Let's lead it off with returning for a full show Yay. in her yeah. Toronto Maple Leaf jersey, Steph Licious D's Steph Driver. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time since I've People been People keep here. asking mm-hmm. me where you are. Oh, well, first I was sick, and then Missy has been sick. So if anyone doesn't know, Missy has lymphoma. Missy's here. And she's, she's our here fifth in the studio with and, us. And for anybody who doesn't know, Missy is Steph's dog. And Missy is my dog. <laughs> um, so she's it's got hot been, takes. She has a lot of opinions on everything. So it's been a really rough month, month and a half. But we're both here. So that's how you get me. Um, she is staring right at me like she's Missy, got Missy, what do opinion. you think? Ghost and the 11th pick for Subban and Lavi. Let's do it. We're trading coaches now? <laughs> yeah, it happens, in the, NFL. happens yeah. in the NFL. So Beautiful. So the draft, the, the draft lottery happened. and Allegedly. I mean. <laughs> lottery. That's a fun word for it. No, you're right. The, the sham. <laughs> um, I would have been okay had the Flyers stayed where they were. Mm-hmm. I even would have been okay if they did get bumped down as they eventually did to 11 not by that team again however mm-hmm. the the devils with the number one pick the, the devils the rangers with the number two pick like the can can we the devils God. to me are a the devils to me are just in a fortunate situation that's giving them the number one pick allows no one to question it why would they fix it for the Devils? Why would they want someone there? Because wow. they're going to take Capo Caco, and he's not going to make the league any money anyway. Uh, so they don't care. Jack I, Hughes ends up with the Rangers because they want the American boy on the team that only matters because they play in red, a plane white, station. Blue. You really think yeah. the Devils are going to pass up Hughes? Yeah, I do. All right, we'll yeah. see. They're, they're going to, just like Nico, they're going to take the guy who inched his way up. They're going to do that again. And then Chicago just gets the three pick because they're Chicago, and they get to fuck the Flyers again in a draft lottery. I, you know, if they had gotten the number one overall pick, I would have laughed, been like predictable. But at least they're not in division. The other two are in our division. But that's ex- The fact that they're not number one is what makes me think it was totally rigged. <laughs> well, so There's here's plausible it. deniability here with the <laughs> Devils getting number one. So... It, According to the lottery balls that were drawn, so it's four numbers, and the Flyers hit on the first three, mm-hmm. and they had three options for the final pick that would have given them the number one overall pick. The Devils had four, and the Devils won. Goddamn Devils. Can't fight the odds, baby. Like, fuck. It's all right. Fuck. We'll just, we'll just sign whoever they draft in six years. I mean, I'm I'm just so... I'm not mad at the Flyers. I'm mad at hockey. I'm mad at myself for caring about this <laughs> stupid sport. I didn't really like. Did you? Did I? I had 
I would have been totally fine if they stayed. Okay. Like, I didn't expect to jump up, but the fact that the teams that did did jump up, it's just like, come the fuck on. It sucks for the game in the same way McDavid to Edmonton sucks, in that New Jersey is just a waste of a franchise. They don't really have any fans. No one cares about them. They're boring as fuck. It's just like... What a waste. My boss actually asked me today. We should just today, beat them then. That's like, true. Uh, can't the Flyers just beat them at something no. ever? No. Well, My boss asked me today if the uh, the Devil's site should have more traffic than it does. And There's I said, 37 Devil's I said, fans. no. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm, they think about foot traffic in front of their Newark Stadium as well. <laughs> I'm impressed with the amount of people that actually do go to All About the Jersey. Like They're doing really good job for the eight fans that mm-hmm. the Devils have. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Well, I'm not going to talk about the Flyers. Good. Thank God. Awesome. What, what I'm going to talk about is this last, like, I guess, 72, What's what is, would it be, uh, 96 hours? I was told there well, would be Hockey no has stopped, and <laughs> Charlie can't well, math well, anymore. Well, no, I'm just trying to figure out, okay, because everybody says 48 hours, 72 hours. Nobody ever says four days worth of 24 hours. So I was just doing some quick math Actually, here. That's just four in days. In the water industry, we issue 96-hour notices to really? be able to shut their water well, off. I'm glad I'm not in the water industry. Four days, baby. Anyway. These last, like, four days have been pretty crazy. You guys have been trying to pump out as, like, much goddamn content as I possibly can, and my head is spinning. And literally all I'm looking forward to, and it's not going to be tonight, unfortunately, because we're recording the podcast, and I have one more article I'm finishing up. So I'm probably not even going to get a chance to watch many of the game ones tonight. But all I'm looking forward to is on Thursday night, I'm going to drink beer and eat spicy Chinese food. That that is, like, the only thing that has been, like, pushing me through this goddamn week from hell is that I'm going to get to pig out on spicy Chinese food and drink a lot of beer on Thursday night and watch the Toronto-Boston series and all the other good series that are going on. And I cannot wait because I'm so close to the end. You guys, you guys got to just this this season be over on Saturday. I'm, I'm still sorry. going. What? And it's almost over. Excuse me, what? 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 Whose season was over? I'm pretty sure Steph's season's still going. The yeah. Flyers season. And oh, I was yeah. more talking to the listeners. Oh. <laughs> oh, those people. Oh. <laughs> you know, the people that we're making this show for. I've never oh, yeah. heard I of these. I forget that they exist sometimes. I've never heard of these listeners. This is group therapy. They're not, they're not in this room. This like, it's just I thought us this was talking. A, I thought this was an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> we should stage an intervention. Last, but certainly, it'll be the draft party. That's Well, we are having a draft party. Yeah, I've always said if at my intervention, it's not going to go well because there will be a keg. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. So I just want to talk a little bit about some words. Okay. People have been throwing around the word regression a lot with regard to the Flyers, especially since two teams in the Metro got magic better last night. Magic. Magic better. Magic better. And I dispute the idea that the Flyers regressed. Is their record worse than last season? Yes. Did they not make the playoffs? Yes. However, it's the same team. And I don't think that stagnation is the same as regression. And I also don't think that you can be pissy about a team being stagnant for 96 hours. <laughs> so my my problem with the whole idea of regression and even truthfully even stagnation is that Everybody who's who has taken up the persona of just being basically the guy from the movie Network, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And, he, and there's a lot of people on Twitter and oh, social yeah. media that have done that. Like, they all wanted stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. And for as bad as this season was, you know what happened? A lot of stuff. Yeah, that's a thing. They it- fired the GM, mm-hmm. they fired the coach. Like, shit happened. Now, whether it's going to make things better or worse, we don't know. But they did stuff. So at least, like... like 
at least they recognize that this isn't that what they were doing before, what you were so mad at wasn't working. Now, again, that doesn't mean that what comes next is going to be good. Yeah, that's, but at least, at least they recognize wait. that what you were so angry about for all those years wasn't working and they're going to do something different. And that's the, the thing is I will absolutely come in here and rip them for an hour if they do shit I think is dumb. But it has to happen first. I'm yeah. not going to. Like, you know, and I got I got time to fill this summer. We're going to have to talk <laughs> about something. If I don't like it, I'm going to yell about it. But it actually has to happen. And and claiming that this team has regressed ignores the fact that, like Charlie said, they recognized a huge problem and they solved it. It discounts Or at the least fact, addressed it. Yeah. It discounts the fact that some players took huge steps forward. Travis Sanheim had a hell of a season. Oscar Lindblom had a hell of a season. Just because overall it finished poorly, I don't... and. Somehow other teams got better, which for some reason seems to reflect poorly on the Flyers for reasons that I can't understand. They didn't regress. They're standing still right now, and they're going to do something. So let's just wait until they do something to get pissed off. I think, guys, I've um, completely lost my mind. I think Feels right. I just think, now? Or? I think yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> that happened a long time ago, Bill. I think I've gone round the bend because at 7.38 this morning, I got a tweet. Hold on. Nothing good happens at that hour. Why were you awake? I, I was, it, Did you just never go to sleep? Yeah, I've had a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> at 7.38 this morning, I got a tweet uh, asking me what I thought about Lindy Ruff as a possible coach for this team, and I did not like it. And in the ensuing 10 minutes, we talked about this <laughs> last week, uh, that like I threw out the name Lindy Ruff, I think, because he's you know a guy who is available. And he's that's a guy. Just, that's just firm. what you do at this age. Someone's available. You say, will that work? Uh, and in the ensuing 10 minutes after I received that tweet, I convinced myself Ooh. that Lindy Ruff is the best possible candidate for this job. Uh, they lost out on Quenville. Oh, boy. And you know what? Quenville <laughs> did a great job winning with teams that should win. Indeed. I know that Lindy Ruff never won a cup. I know he coached in the league for 19 seasons and only made one Stanley Cup final appearance. I know I openly and passionately root against and hate Andy Reid for his seemingly similar resume. But Ruff has a track record of something I'm very interested in. Getting the most out of his teams, whether you think this team stagnated or underperformed or has just been stuck in mediocrity for this whole time, there's no question in my mind that part of them has underperformed. They're not getting the most out of the team as a whole. The The pieces don't add up to the sum of the parts or whatever it is. Like They should be better. For whatever reason, they are not. And I always say nobody wins with a bad team. Lindy Ruff has come damn close to disproving that. Those Dominic Hasek Buffalo teams were shit. They were absolutely terrible. I don't care if there were three Dominic Hasek's in net and they were made of brick. They were not good. He took a team to an Eastern Conference final in 98 with Miroslav Satan putting up 46 points as their leading scorer. This was not a lockout season. That's a full season total, 46 points. He lost in controversial fashion the next year to the Dallas Stars with four Hall of Famers on it. That like, skate was in the crease. Th that goal, goal shouldn't have counted. Mm -mm. Like They lost a game they shouldn't have lost, and then he go down what he did in Buffalo. The teams that didn't make the playoffs, it's because they were really, really bad. And every time they had good players, they like got to an Eastern Conference final. Then what he did in Dallas, like I don't know. 
what has Dallas done since? Nothing. He kind of just got those teams to what they were supposed to be. And what this team is how, supposed how to long, be. How long are we doing this? Uh, yeah, you're just, just going to keep going, aren't you? Yeah. He's getting there. <laughs> what He's this getting team there. is supposed to be is better than they've been. I don't know how much better, but I think rough. Uh, I think they could probably do better than rough, but they could also do a whole hell of a lot worse. Sure and I am all about it now. Good. Hire me Lindy Ruff at this point. I'd take Ruff over Bildner. So, so here's Sorry, my Charlie. here's my big issue with with Lindy Ruff, and maybe this is like maybe this is a little unfair. He's an assistant coach right now, and he's doing an awful job. Like he coaches the defense for the Rangers, and the defense for the Rangers is beyond a dumpster fire. Like think like think Ian Laperriere and Chris Knobloch ramped up to twenty. Now I guess it's possible. I guess it's possible that he's just a bad assistant coach. That maybe he's a better head coach than this is good. We are some assistant coaches that can't be head coaches. And he's probably not the worst option. I didn't hate the work he did in Dallas. But I also have a problem with you going all the way back to like what happened in 1998. Like if we're talking about if we're talking about guys who were good in 1998, 1999, like then hire Bob Hartley because he was good with the Avalanche. Well, here's like, my I, I don't oh. I don't care about what but happened 20 he? years ago. Bill like, Harvard? those teams were great. Uh, Ruff's teams were not. That's the difference to me. And the difference to me is it's not about the systems at this point. It's not about what he tells his players to do. It's about instilling some sort of culture of accountability. Because I'll tell you what there isn't accountability in this organization. There is none. It took how long for like Yuri Laterra to come out of the lineup. It took how long for Andrew McDonald to be told you're not good enough? And how do we know that Lindy Ruff would institute accountability? Because we don't. We do because <laughs> his teams overachieved. His teams were being were, were able did, to go out. Did they though? Absolutely. They had the best goalie in history. And nothing else. Yeah, and you know what a great you know what a best goalie in history can do? It can literally carry a team to do anything. I don't know. Like, how many great goalies have won since Hasek? How many goalies have been good as good as Hasek in his prime? Zero. Uh, Zero. So you, it, it, it's only him. He's yes. the only one. Yes. And they played good defense. And they played good defense. But it was probably 70% Dominic Hasek. I, I remember those. I remember watching that team. I remember it because they're like, that was the first hockey team that I absolutely hated because I was right when I got into hockey and the Flyers could not beat the Sabres, not because they didn't dominate them every time they played. The Flyers kicked the shit out of the Sabres in almost every single game they played. But when they lost the Sabres, it always was Dominic Hasek's top 50 shots. And like, Lindy Ruff probably isn't a bad coach. He probably is not a bad coach. And there are definitely coaches that have been brought up in this race that I would prefer Lindy Ruff to than those coaches. But I'm not willing to, certainly not willing to go back 20 years and say, well, he's good because he made a he Dominic Hoshik goal. A, a Dominic he goes. But he, okay, he's still a real winning coacher, but culture that he's never actually won anything important and i'm not one to be like playoff success playoff success playoff success but like if you're gonna say he's instilled a winning culture why have they never won because his teams have all been shit he got a dallas stars team to the playoffs with two guys scoring more than 42 points their names were 22 year old tyler tyler sagan and 24 year old jamie ben that was it everyone else 42 points or fewer if you want to go current like he did that uh, this team needs something and i don't care about like oh he's not a forward thinker i don't give a shit dave hackstall was supposed to be some progressive oh he coaches the millennials he knows how to deal with them uh, no he didn't he like, did not yeah I, I, 
I was, want a guy who will come in and innovative. say, hey, you know how we fell down 2 nothing in 40% of our games this year? That's completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something to fix that. We're going to stop giving up easy goals. Because you know what we have now? Franchise goaltender. You know what he wins with? Franchise goaltenders. That's I, all I'm I saying. I can't believe we spent 10 minutes talking about Lindy I, I can't either. I was wondering how long you guys are going <laughs> to argue about a thing that's not real. I was going to cut them off in a second. <laughs> Joel Quenville to the Florida Panthers. The Flyers are no longer a premier destination, huh? Oh, my God. Could we not? I, we lost to a, a state with... Stop. No, I'm Bath salt you. addicted no. meth heads about no. to be wiped out by hurricanes all no. the time. No. We lost to Joel Quenville's best friend. We lost to the fact that he and his wife already live there. We lost to the fact that apparently they like to bet on the ponies, and there's lots of that shit down there. There's That's no what we lost in to. Philadelphia? Not as so, many horse races, evidently. So the one thing that really. really that really ticked me Pay off about this whole they threw they, more they money at they, him. They, they offered, they him offered more. double it. Oh, for fuck's sake! It's Comcast. He wanted to go to Florida. Why? It like wasn't he, the money. I don't know. Ask him. Be surrounded yeah. by rednecks? He literally up. said because well, he wanted to work with Talon. He wanted to coach Barkoff. He wanted to be in South Florida. Like, all of these things that the Flyers simply cannot he reproduce. He didn't want to coach the Flyers because oh, they're a bad organization. I don't think that his choice, <sighs> because he is an individual with with free choice, with whatever. Yeah, free will. He free, actually, thank yeah, you. He, free will. Yeah. yeah. He chose the Florida Panthers, and it has absolutely nothing to do with the Philadelphia Flyers. Nothing. It does. It no, does no not. it doesn't. It People does not. used to choose us because we were okay. a good one. Okay. Who, See, did? All right. Who all right. did? See, here is my problem, and this is something that's been bothering me for the past week. The idea that the Flyers literally, with every single free agent and every single coach and every single thing they ever wanted to do under Ed Snyder, literally just smacked their dick on the table and were like, you're coming here, and they were like, okay, Mr. Snyder. That's not what fucking happened. The Flyers didn't get everything. We've, we've created this myth in our heads that the Flyers literally got everything they ever wanted every single year. They didn't get every free agent. They didn't get every coach. They got a lot of what they wanted because they had a lot of money and there wasn't a salary cap. But it wasn't that they got everything. No one gets everything. And Flyers fans... The Flyers get nothing! Flyers fans have convinced themselves. Oh we get Vivian they, Cavalier! They live, some of these Flyers fans, they live in a dream world where they think that the Flyers 20 years ago, 25 years ago, literally snapped their fingers and whatever they wanted to happen, happened except the Stanley Cup. And that's not what happened. That's not what any, that's not how anything happens. That's a freaking, it's like, pretty it's a much fantasy what world. They just chose it's a wrong. fantasy world. They pretty no. much just chose wrong. Bill. They got everything they wanted. It was just they wanted Ronick over Yager. Have, reasons- have you been awake since yesterday morning? I've been awake forever. So, so okay, all right. So that helps answer a lot of what your, <laughs> what your thought process is happening here. Because... Like you're. What do the Flyers get? No, see, what do the Flyers get? Who has chosen the Flyers in the last ninety-seven hours? In the last ten years, what have the Flyers got? That's the point. That's the point. Who chooses this organization? A lot of people chose the organization before there was a salary cap, and they could literally back up the truck to every single player that they wanted. Once that went away. This myth that Charlie's talking about didn't exist anymore. And I don't think it even existed then. I think it's just that everyone who was who screams about it was 10 years old when yes. that happened. And it felt like the Flyers got everything because no one had Twitter and no one knew about every rumor in the world. All they remember is that every summer the Flyers is something big. So obviously they could do whatever the hell they wanted. It's not the way things work anywhere. Well, nothing works here because uh, what am what I looking are at? What you on about? They no. got the second biggest free agent last summer when they were garbage. Oh, cool. A guy they sh- never should have traded away in the so? first place. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. He was still the second biggest.
biggest free agent on the market, and he chose to come to Philadelphia, because which was garbage at the time. From here. No, like, that's it. He's from New Jersey. He came He's from to North a, Jersey. He came Rangers to a place fan. where he played before. That's it. Oh, oh it we got like, JVR. That sounds exactly like the same reason Joel Quenville picked Florida. Because he lives there. Weird. Weird. It's almost like Free sometimes will. things matter more than money. Sometimes. Sometimes. Because there's uh, also a lot I mean, of money. Seven that comes million along a year is seven I, I million a year is I, He's getting like yeah. four and a half. He's getting. I think he's getting. He's he got the McDonald deal, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't get yeah. a six mil, a six Five year, years, thirty million dollar so contract. That's the thing. Not only does he get to live exactly where he wants and hang out with his butt all day, but he's also getting a ton of money. It's not like they're not paying him anything. So when they miss out on every free agent this summer, I'll be mad about it. All, now you're doing all, exactly what Kelly no, was ranting about. Nonsense. Like, who like? Okay, JVR. What else has this team accomplished? This current Getting group free agents has is often a bad idea. Top to bottom. Improving the team is bad. I get it. We should just no. be 500. No. What are we even talking about I don't right know what's now? happening. Bill is just riling I'm everyone just, up. What are, we, I'm just what are asking, we mad about? Are, I'm, Bill's like, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> I'm asking, are the Flyers a good organization? Are they yes. a well-run organization? Do people choose to come here? Are they a premier organization as they should be All with right. one of the biggest budgets in hockey? Who is a premier organization? Well, I need on. to know who is. I, wa- so I, I, do, I do want to address this because I have thoughts um, and I need you to shut the fuck up and give me time to talk. Go for it. Thank you. I'm ready. So I think what what is actually happening right now that Flyers fans don't know how to process is just the general unknown. So we knew what to expect from Ed Snyder. We knew we knew what to expect from Ron Hextall. We're now going into this offseason where we don't know what to expect from Dave Scott. We didn't even know who Dave Scott was this time last year. So now all we have to go off of is what we know about Paul Holmgren, who isn't in charge but is kind of in charge. And all we have to go off of is Chuck Fletcher's history with Minnesota because we don't know what to expect from him as general manager in Philadelphia. And this is making everybody freak the fuck out because they don't know what to do with the unknown, with the unknown expectations. And I understand that. However, it is not good for your blood pressure. No. Like we just don't we just don't know what to expect. So jumping immediately to worst case scenario all the time and and just complete fabrications is not it's it's not good. And none of the things that you're panicking about have any basis in reality, no. nor are they going to happen. So we all just need to take a fucking beat because this is crazy. Yeah. And now the Flyers, like, let's talk about the Flyers organization because they have a lot to prove this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they are losing fans. They're losing fans. They're losing They're losing uh, season ticket holders mm-hmm. by a lot. Not only are new and younger people not signing up for season tickets, but the people who currently have season tickets are old. They're and not all about the inside edge? I don't even know what that means. No, the new season ticket plan where they raise oh. ticket prices like oh. 24%, but you get to like get discounts at the store now? Yeah. Ooh. No. <laughs> so the, the, the Flyers... As an organization, now this is this is as running as a company, so I'm not even dealing with the hockey part right now. They have to do something because this this off season 
is a big one. And if they can't recover a lot of ground, they're in trouble. They're in trouble for the foreseeable future. So when it comes to is the organization well run, the answer is I don't know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I don't know what what to expect from Dave Scott. I don't know what to expect from Chuck Fletcher. And the only way we're going to find out is to give them time to work. I just, uh, and we need is, to give them time. I give them it. an off season. They're just as likely to fuck it up as they are to and absolutely I, nail it. And I'm, and please, like, I have a long history of telling everyone when they're a fuck up. Like, hello, I've got no problem with saying that they're terrible and they fucked up everything and giving sources. But they haven't done it yet. Yeah. They haven't fucked up yet. I just... Listen, I'm not doom and gloom here. I think that this team has a path to win the division next year. It'll take some it'll take some doing. It's not going to be easy, but they have a path. My question is why do we give a team that has missed the playoffs four times in seven seasons, haven't won a playoff round since that nonsense series in 2012? Uh they've alternated first round nonsense exits in missed... a good way. That was a good series. Uh, it was fun, but it was not hockey. Like it was That's just fine. crazy bullshit <laughs> happening fine. and at the end the Flyers won. Like there was a 10 goal game in there. It was crazy. It was nonsense. Like, why do we give this organization that has done nothing to improve themselves in almost a decade the benefit of the doubt? But, but, we're, that's, no, not, but we're that's not, not accurate. I, I think some people scream about this. Well, you don't give them the benefit. Like, who is giving them the benefit of the doubt? What people are saying. There's a difference between the benefit of the doubt and assuming they're going to screw up. Like, you can give someone like. You don't have to give someone the benefit of the doubt, and you can all you can be skeptical, but you don't have to go into it with the idea of, well, I'm just waiting for them to mess up so that when they do mess up, it doesn't hurt as bad. That, that to me, yeah. is what's going on right mm-hmm. now. Is everyone, everyone who is screaming and yelling that they're going to screw up and this offseason is going to be a disaster and they're not going to do anything or what they do do is going to be bad is basically just doing it deep down in a, like, for the reason that they want it to hurt less when things go bad. And also there they is get an to be element the smart of that. guy who called it. There's an element of that, and there's also an element of I've been watching the same thing for a long so time. He, so here's the thing: we, you you talked about how well in the last ten years, what are the what have the Flyers gotten what they wanted? So it's not that you you can simplify things down to that if you want to, but the fact of the matter is, is that if you break it down year by year, it doesn't make sense. What happened in the last ten years when they got what they wanted? Well, they convinced Shea Weber to sign a massive contract. It's not their fault that Nashville decided to match and tour and tour their financials, but they convinced the best RFA, possibly the best RFA ever signed, to sign an offer sheet with them. So that's one. Okay, number You'll two. You'll take him okay, over Chris Gratton, okay, the best then, RFA. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The the next year. These now don't get me wrong. These were incredibly dumb moves, but they did it and they got it done. They went out and guess what? For some reason, Andrew McDonald was like the top guy out there in the trademark. So they went out, they got him, and they signed him to a big deal. Now it was unbelievably stupid, but they got it done, and that was a guy who, for some reason, lots of teams wanted. Then that whole thing blew up. Everything was bad. Holmgren fell on his face, and they hired Hextall. And Ron Hextall then. So this is why it's like, well, when was the last time they got who they wanted? Okay, the let the. There were only a couple times of Ron Hextall's tenure where he actually went out and said, I'm going to get the guy who I want. And really, the other, the rest of the time, he was just being passive. So it wasn't necessarily that he was going for big names and they just weren't coming to Philly. It was that he wasn't even trying. You know what the two big names he went for and he got were? I, actually, you know what? Let, let's, let's say three. Let's say there were three big names this he went he me. went for, I know it is. and he got two of them. Oh, God. The one he didn't get was John Tavares. He targeted John Tavares. John Tavares said no. He got James Van Riemsdyk, and he got Dave Haxtell. 
And you know what? <laughs> we laugh about it no, now. It's, you're but right. at the time, yeah. Dave Haxel was the guy. He was never going to leave college. You were going to have to throw a boatload of money yeah. at Dave Haxel because he was this top coaching prospect that a lot of teams were interested in, but he was never going to leave college. Dave Haxel apparently turned the Flyers down before <laughs> Hextall then threw more money at him to get him. And if I was Dave it, Scott, I'd punch did, him straight in the face. It didn't work. It obviously <laughs> it sure didn't, didn't work. But, like, those are times where they got who they wanted. Now, who they wanted wasn't the right person. JVR was still on the fence. He had a pretty good first year. Hopefully the Chandra doesn't blow up in the face. But, like, when generally speaking, when the Flyers over the last 10 years have tried to get someone they really wanted, they generally got him. It's just that they went through long stretches where they didn't want anybody. And the times they did want somebody, it ended up being the wrong person. I How does this team – because there is – I believe, it. like I said, a path to winning this division next year and becoming a 100-point team, taking the step forward they were supposed to take this year. But outside of, like, yes, they need to go get a 2C. They need a veteran in the top four. A backup goalie uh, who uh, stopped a puck this season would be nice. Um, but there's a culture issue. I'm not yeah. saying it's I'm not saying it's let's burn everything down. Mm-hmm. I don't think this thing needs to be blown up. I think it needs to be augmented. I think it needs to be complemented. But when I see a stat like they fell behind two nothing in thirty two of eighty two games, uh, when I hear them talk about how the fans deserve some ac- effort in game eighty two and they fall behind two zero right away, when I hear them talk, every player to a man in the off season go, last year wasn't good enough. We need to win a playoff series, and then they come out and shit all over the first three months of the season. I know the I know the special teams. I know the goal. There's no reason to be as bad as they were for such long stretches. And when you look what I broke down here. Starting in 2012-13, started 0-3, through 16 games. They're 500 through 24, finished 500, missed the playoffs. 2013-14, lose first three, Lavi fired. They're off to a 1-7 start. Uh, 2014-15, lose first four. On December 1, they're 8-12-3 and, and somehow finished 33-31-18. Like, first two games in 2015-16, they lose. Through 20, they're 6-9-5. Uh, 2016-17, they actually won their first game and then fell to 1-2-1, and and they just, you know, it's... We know the history. They're 8-6-2 when the 10-game losing streak starts in 17-18. They're 4-7 through 11 games this year. This team can't get off to good starts in games or seasons. Something has to be done about that. What's the answer? Like, what now? You missed out on Quenville for whatever... Okay, he wanted to go to Florida, fine. He wants to be surrounded by meth-addicted rednecks, whatever. Cool. His team's going to get washed away in a hurricane. Whatever. What do they do now? Like, how can they change this mediocrity? I got it during the Hextall era because it was planned. It was a planned, we're going to be this thing that Giroux and Jake can kind of get us through, and that's it. But we're through that now. Yeah. What what happens? I do, I do think that they might. Ben- I The people who yell about blowing up the core annoy annoy me we're through that now i'd like but I, maybe I it was do, a good idea four years ago no i do think that perhaps in a surgical way that brings you a good return moving one of those core pieces to kind of say listen we are doing this you're not safe just because you've been here for a long time and you've played well you need to get your shit together so i don't know jake gets shipped off for some defenseman that's or, or charlie whatever. Oh, but go ahead, go ahead. yeah, I just I I don't think it would be a bad idea to pluck one of those guys out and send him on his way. I I really think a lot of it. I mean, 
a lot, I will always say I think talent in the end wins out. So yeah. I do think you get enough talent. Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna dig your way out of this. But a lot of it, I do believe, comes down to the coach, and that the, this coaching hire is big. And I like Scott Gordon as a person. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a smart guy. I don't know if he's the guy that can turn this culture around. Oh, I don't. Think I just he is don't. At all. I just don't think. I don't know if that's even. I don't even know if that's necessarily a shot against him. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that. If you hire him as your full-time coach, the players are going to view it as just okay. Well, things are still going the way. Like you know, yeah, they fired Hack, but like it's just it's just no, the same stuff. No, this is more of yeah, yeah, it's just cool. just the same. Oh, like, we got to stand we had, up. We, had, like, we left the ice in a disgraceful season. Yeah, like we like, had a good, we had a good second half, and the guy who led us to this good second half, who we all like a lot, you know, he gets the job, and everything's fine. Like I just I don't think it's necessarily Gordon's fault, but I think they need something more than that. Yes. I, like I, I think we said this last week. They lost ten of their last thirteen games, all in regulation, and uh, that might have been a blessing. And maybe not disguise, because most people were like, "Just tank." But uh, like, I think that kind of took Gordon out of the running, and I think that. Might I don't be think good. it did. I don't think so. Either. I think I think they are strongly consider. I think he's yeah. in the race. I think he's it very much in the okay. race. I am. I as every day goes by, and I think about it more. I become more afraid that that's what they're going to do. I'm just wondering if this is a situation where. Fletcher kind of wants him, and the people above him kind of don't. I just they they need a coach with a pedigree that the players know immediately. Like this guy's not going to get fired in a year if we fuck up. What are okay? I am of the belief that they need, like you said, a coach with pedigree, a guy with past success who comes in right away and has the authority. Yeah. So where are you on the idea of that versus the next big thing, the next, you know, this Sheldon Keefe, as everyone in postgame types his name a hundred times? I would like him, but I don't think there's any chance in hell that we're going to get him. I kind of agree with that. I, I'd, I'd be happy with or it. Or just but. that, him specific, he is the example. That guy versus, like I said, if but you I don't like Lindy like Ruff, you don't like... Guy. See, the reason, yeah. why, the reason why I think Keefe could work is that I just... Like, I don't necessarily think it, maybe they do. I don't, but I don't necessarily think this team needs a hard ass. I think they need a shift in mindset, and the mindset shift very well could be basically a Sheldon Keefe who is just like, let's play fun hockey. Like that might be the necessary mindset. Is Weird. like, hey, let's play offensively oriented fun hockey. Go out there, attack, attack, attack. And maybe that's what does it. Maybe then they hit game one and they're just like, it's kind of like the, not the way that obviously this year didn't end well, but it's kind of like the first game of the Chip Kelly year where they just went out there and just blew the doors off the Redskins because they were excited and they were playing this new system. It's like, this is fun. Let's go deep and play fast and do all this. And maybe that does it. Uh Now, I agree with Kelly in the sense that I don't think they will, they will hire a Sheldon Keefe, but I just think, I just think there's got to be something new. And I don't know if Scott Gordon is new enough. I just don't know that Sheldon Keefe is even going to be available. Well, I think if the Flyers offered him the job and offered him as I think if the Flyers offered him seventy five percent of the money they offered they offered Joel Quenville, okay, he would leave in a second. Probably. Yeah. The whole oh, go ahead, Steph. So here's my my overall thought on Scott Gordon is I don't think that he's the best option for the Flyers moving forward, but he's still better than Dave Hackstall. Is he though? Yes. Because he didn't, he the didn't numbers get, were worse. He didn't get a full season. He wasn't able to implement his system. Fair. He came in and had to do 
whatever he had to do to stop the bleeding. Yeah. No matter, the thing about Hackstall is while maybe his systems were better, whatever, you know, whatever, um, his, his thought process that bad players are good and good players are bad, no matter how many shots Yuri Laterra takes, none of them are going yeah. in. Yeah, no, I so agree they won't score, and you need to score to win the last I checked. So no, like, and, and I, I think for me, like, one of the things the that... Take the bad. One of the things that made me feel... I wouldn't say... Take them both in there. I wouldn't say great, but, like, Dave Haxel was asked on a, on a couple occasions when he was coach, and this may have just been his personality because he was very much like, look, I'm... like. I, I didn't dislike Dave Haxel as a person, but Dave Haxel definitely had the mentality, especially in dealing with the media and by proxy the fans, that, like, look, I'm smarter than you, and, like, don't come in and act like you know that I'm missing something because I just know more than you. And there were more than a few times he was asked, like, yo, what about all those perimeter shots? And he just would kind of look at you like you had two heads and be like, well, you know, if we get guys in front that get rebounds and create screens and stuff, you know, they'll work. Like, I don't know what your problem is with, with point shots. They can work. I've seen them work. Whereas, as we know, deflections are high percentage yeah, plays. Exactly. Sure. But, like, with Gordon, I asked him about the point shots at exit interviews, and he was like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. We shouldn't do that. We should try to get the puck to the net, and we should and we should try to, you know, get to the slot area and, and create plays down low with the forwards. And it's like, all right. I don't know if he will be able to convince Flyers players that point shots are a bad idea, but at least he has enough humility and recognize that they're bad. And I think that's an improve a big improvement for him over Hack is that Gordon at least has the self-awareness to realize when something isn't working. I don't think Dave Haxel had the self-awareness to realize that an idea of his just wasn't working. The Chip Kelly comparison becomes more apt, and the players <laughs> like him. They do. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's as oh, much as I do. Whole, like, it's a big deal. As much as I don't think you need to be the players' best friends, and some of these guys, the veterans we love included, need a kick in the ass sometimes. Like you do need to want to go to work every day. It is. It does suck to not want to go to work, Charlie. Before we take this ad break, I just have to credit you. Um, hey, thanks. I have to credit you with something. <laughs> I this morning was bored and put on Twitter. I just said, "Give me your hottest flyers take." I just asked everyone. Mm -hmm. I got like hundreds of responses. It's it was hilarious, honestly. But it's a lot of good ones were born out of something you mentioned last week. Oh, How what did if I say? Uh, and it, it's like it's a spicy take based on your logical thoughts of of what Provorov might be. A lot of people are thinking trade like they're in this. I'm asking for your hottest take, so it's like give me your most off the wall shit. Yeah, and it's trade Provorov now because he's not going to be worth that extension, and we can kind of go from there because as you said. Man, some of those underlying numbers are not encouraged. It's a fair concern. I I would not advocate trading Ivan Provorov, but I, I, I know, it's it's a I concern know. of mine. It, it's it's a concern of mine. The reason why I would not advocate trade, trading Ivan Provorov is that if it if he does become what we think he's going to be, those guys are utterly invaluable. Yeah, 25, 30 minute a night defenseman who can literally do everything. If he becomes that, those guys are like the the guys that play for your team until they're in their early 40s. Yeah, and I just we talked about on Ice Sport last night how the craziest Toronto fans are now the logical ones and it <laughs> reminded me of that situation. <laughs> Charlie had this logical thought about, "Oh, well, if he's not a number 1 defenseman and gets paid like one, we're kind of overspending in that area yeah. again." And it it you know, from that was born. Let's trade Ivan Provorov, and I, I which I, I guess I I saw coming. And yeah, I, sure. And, but I mean, you know what? In all honesty, like it maybe it's not the worst thing for some of our sacred cows to get you know to 
not be so sacred anymore. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to come back with that right after this ad break. All right, guys, we are back now, and Charlie, you just led, uh, you just made a comment that maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. If, so I'm going to jump here in the outline. Now, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world if some of the prospects, some of the guys we cherish, get moved, and you know, some shakeups do happen because I've been advocating for a culture change here, even though I don't want to. Mo- like I'm, he- like yes, we need a culture change. No, I wouldn't change trade Shane Goss. <laughs> like, so if some crazy 2011 stuff were to happen this summer. How would you feel? Uh, Missy just made an ex- it, uh, disgusted noise. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not saying go sign Bobrovsky and trade your two leading score, your captain and your leading score. Like I'm, I'm just saying, if there were some bigger shakeups that maybe we aren't ready for, what are you feeling this summer? So my my first thought is, if it makes the team better, yes, let's do it. However. Did those trades make the team better? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they did. I actually think I think they did. I, I think just I think the problem with those trades, I think the Carter and Richards trades by themselves ended up being great. Richards trade it was, was, it, it, was, it, was it was Briss. Terrible trade. If if you and I guess the the <laughs> the issue with it is you can't really separate the two because I don't yeah. know if they would have done those trades if they no. hadn't decided they were going to sign Briss. The but public it, but, statement was this was purely yeah. a hockey move. We did it to clear room for Which Briss. I don't think was 100% true, but I also don't th- yeah. I also don't think that It wasn't 100% untrue. Yeah, either. I don't think they necessarily would have made the the final call to do that if they weren't if they didn't decide, hey, we're going to build our team around Claude Giroux, Chris Pronger, and Ilya Brzezgal, that's going to be our team. But if you could, in some weird universe, just have done those trades without signing Brzezgal off, those trades would have been amazing. Because then you would have kept Bob. Then you would have literally had Sean Gutierrez, Jake Voracek, Wayne Simmons, Braden Shen, and Sergei Bobrovsky as your goalie. Without, you know, $6 million of your cap space over the next two years wrapped up in a bad goalie. And maybe you'd still have... Your captain, Chris Pronker. Yeah, because yeah, I guess <laughs> well, it's more like butterfly yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that whole yeah. game plays yeah, exactly. out differently if there's Just, a different goalie in net. Um, yeah, to answer your question, I'm kind of with Steph. Like, if, if you make if you make big moves, like they damn well better work. Like, I'm not necessarily opposed to them trading anyone yeah, if I'm the down, return is good enough. I'm down for some hockey trades. Uh, like, if they do a, we talked about it on Twitter today. Like the Jones for Johansson trade. That, to me, is the perfect, yeah, maybe Seth Jones is the better player, but you can't tell me that trade doesn't improve Nashville because it's dealing from an area of strength to address an area of weakness. Yeah, I had debates in my comment section a couple days ago, one one of the many articles I've put out over the last few days. But basically somebody, I think it was was one of the old Hextall guard people who was essentially saying, you know, you can't build a team successfully around anything except building from within. And I was like, okay. Sometimes that's true. You know, Winnipeg is a classic example of a team that clearly just built from within pretty much. And they have so many banners hanging from their rafters. Very true. But that's not the only way to build a team. And the team I pointed out, and you just kind of hinted at them, is Nashville. In that <laughs> Nashville, yes, Nashville did home grow a lot of their talent. But you know what they also did? They took some of that homegrown talent and traded them for other guys who fit their current roster better. 
And that's not a bad thing. That's part, that's part the reason why you home grow talent, yeah. is to use some of them as assets to get better roster fits. I'm lo- I was looking at some uh, I'm on Elite Prospects today or yesterday. I don't know. It, it's all kind of one big thing. <laughs> uh, and I'm on Elite Prospects looking at some of the Flyers, I guess more defensively oriented defensemen in their prospect pool. And I'm sitting there thinking about Ron Hextall. Just like, did you draft these guys because you know the Adam Larson for Taylor Hall trade is is out there. Like, you know the other hockey men will do this dumb thing rather than, like, you could keep Shane Goss's bear and play him on your third pair and trade this guy who, like, bleed shots against because he hits. Like, I, I'm looking at it just thinking that. It was just one of those things. Speaking of Ron Hextall, I want to get to this on a positive note. Oh, um, positivity, hey. About Ron yeah. Hextall? Yeah, That's... because this 2014 draft class is really making its mark. That's true. Four players from Hexie's inaugural draft played for the Flyers this year. And if comparing it to other drafts, three players from 2015 suited up, uh, Provorov, TK, Vorobiev, and also Cooper Marotti, but for the Oilers, six games. Right, right. Three players from 2013. None of them are, um, you know, particularly mentionable. I guess Haig plays every night, but, you know. He does. Three players from 2012, Lawton, Stoley, and Ghost. Uh, and Carter Hart and Nolan Patrick, only NHLers from 2016 and 17 drafts. I want to start here with... The diamond in the rough. Like this is what you. These are the hits you need to. Yeah. No matter yeah. what about Ron Hextall, these are the hits you need to be able to build from within, like they wanted to do. Fifth round, one thirty eighth overall, Oscar Lindblom. Seventeen goals was the sixth most. Sixth most on the team. Most goals among rookies, January nine through the end of the year, whatever that threshold meant. <laughs> I don't know. They just kept telling us, so I wrote it down. Um, Thirteen goals at five on five. Fifth most on the team. Thirty seven points at five. Five on five ties JVR for fifth most on the team. Did uh, they keep their scouts? Yeah. Okay. It was basically just prior who got canned. The scouts okay. pretty much all stayed in place. Okay. The next guy, third round, 86th overall, made his NHL debut in game 82. Mark Friedman, I thought he didn't look out of place. I wish that they had played him over Robert Haig way uh, earlier. I mean, I, who knows what he is. Yeah, who knows? He's a third-round pick. Who knows? Small sample size, <laughs> yeah. like like flashing in your face. It's one game. Yeah, I just— I've decided I, to base all of my opinions on that one game. I, I don't dislike Mark Friedman. Yeah, you know, I'm he's, he's I a dislike guy him because of the way he spells his name, but that's Fried neither man, here nor there. Yeah. Um, it's not how you say freed. It's fine. I know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was saying yeah, because we're talking about spelling now. So thank you. Let's move on. No, it's a, you know, I actually it's did a, you get a chance to kind of to kind of go 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 a, a tangent? I'm 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 going full tangent on this. I actually am in agreement with you that that usually bothers me. It doesn't bother me with Friedman. I think it's probably because I've seen that spelling of Friedman enough oh, yeah. in my no, life. I have a friend that I don't think it's yeah. that. But like classic example, you know that uh that that. That Minnesota Twins guy, uh, Willens uh, Estudio. Or oh yeah, that like like everyone loves him because like he's a little chubby and yet he's I really love, good. That dude was awesome. But I'm here's the thing: with him. I hate him because every time I look at that name, I'm like, your name should be Williams, <laughs> and it's Williams. And it's Willens. Willens. Like yeah. for some reason, that bothers me. It bothers me when someone's name <laughs> is like one letter away from being what I'm used to. I love when we. It this really, stuff really, and it's just one of those like. 
it's totally irrational, but to me, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It just drives me up the wall. So I understand your frustration, like, even though I don't share it with Mark. Friedman. I like when we get this kind of stuff. Out I was going to say this is like a primo. Like this is a great August time. Yes, great time to mention. You should sign up for the Athletic for more analysis <laughs> like this. Uh, second round, forty eighth overall, Nicholas Albe Cubell. He played nine games. He had two shots uh, and fourteen hits in five thirty five a night. I don't know. He could push for a fourth-line role next I think he's going to be good. Um, Fletcher, nobody sounded all too confident about any Phantoms cracking this roster next year, but he did lead it with... I'm planning on going out and getting yeah. some guys. Yeah, see, that that was that was actually, to me, one of the... I think Kurt even said this on Twitter, that that was the most eye-opening part of the Fletcher press conference. Yeah. When, when, when I asked, basically, who on the Phantoms could make the team or coming up. Like, I'm t- I was referring to, like, a Joel Farabee or a, or a Morgan Frost, like, one of the guys who was getting signed and joining the organization. He was just sort of like... Well, we'd rather not because I'd rather not have any spots open for yeah. them. And it's like, well, that's awesome. that's good. Cool. Yeah, saying that he wants the team to be harder to make, which is good. good. That means not a lot of trash in your bottom six. Yeah. It was really hard for Carter Hart to make the team over a hurt guy and another hurt guy. <laughs> <laughs> I that know. I'm now was I'm trolling. Hextall. Now I'm trolling. <laughs> I know. Uh, and uh, Charlie, I want to backtrack for a second. Did Friedman talk after the game at all? Or just did he say? Was he? I mean, he talked. NHL but the, debut. You know what? It was like the most part it's, we were we were concerned about the players yeah, after game eighty two. Yeah. Friedman could be good. I like his skill set. I you know he's probably more of like a third pair guy in the NHL, but a good third pair guy is still useful without a doubt. I'm a bigger Albe. I'm higher on Albe Cubell than I am Friedman, just okay. because I think Albe Cubell can drive play. And you know what? You kind of already know what Albe Cubell's role is. Yeah, he's going to be you a good. Can, if, if he pans out, he'll be a good fourth line. He'll basically be Michael Roth. Okay. See, that's that's where I hit peak frustration with Ron Hextall, and it really doesn't even have anything to do with. Abe Kubel, but it's just there's so many of these bottom six guys that could be good, will probably be good, but there's so many of them. There's a lot of them. It's a second round pick if you get anything out of a second, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like a crapshoot. I can't it, really blame him if they. Yeah, I would love to go find like that, like the Oscar Lindblom in the fifth round, but there's a reason that's an awesome pick. And what I like about Abe Kubel in that sense is that. Like, the one thing that always infuriated me about the pre-Hextall drafting strategy was they would take guys with, like, mid-round picks that projected to be fourth liners. They would take Goldborns and people and Ronaldos, and they would say, well, they'll be a good, they'll be a fourth liner in the NHL. And what I like, what I liked about Hextall's mentality, and Obi Bell's a classic example, is Obi Bell was not drafted with the goal of him becoming a fourth liner. Yeah. He was drafted because he scored in juniors, and it was like, hey— if this guy hits his ceiling, he could be a second liner. And if he if he doesn't, he could still be a damn good fourth liner. Like Scott Lawton, Ryan Hartman, those are the types I want on a fourth. I want former first round picks on yeah. my fourth line. Guys who you drafted thinking, hey, maybe they could score a lot of points. And then when they don't do that, you're like, well, you got skill. Yeah, they're still effective enough yeah, players. And like, you could play on the fourth line. Like yeah. that was what I liked about Albie Cubell. Like they didn't draft Albie Cubell thinking he was going to be a fourth liner, but if he becomes a fourth liner, that's you might still, have a good fourth. You line. might have a good fourth liner rather than having Imagine. like Zach Ronaldo, and you're like, hey, he's Crazy a fourth idea. liner because we uh, drafted him to be a fourth liner. I still love Zach. And the reason I wanted to get into this draft, you know, we all uh, round one, pick seventeen. I have fourteen here, but I know it's seventeen. Uh, Travis Sanheim. We all know the 
travesty that was last year. Uh, but this year, he played 82 games, put up 35 points, and it's only two behind Ghost for the lead. Uh, average 1934 TOI. You know, Provorov runs away with it over 25 minutes, but he's six seconds less a game than Ghost. Uh, Sanheim wins the Pelly Lindbergh Award as the team's most improved player. And I started comparing his and Ghost's numbers, and I realized this was probably you know, a down year for Ghost. That's what we're all saying. And now it's he looks like he got hurt in October. That's what's – or November or whenever it was. Apparently he got hurt in October. Yeah, so whatever the case is with Ghost, you look at these numbers. Does Travis Sanheim make Ghost more expendable? No. No. I don't like you that. I don't more, like that word. It's stupid. You can have more than one good player. Yeah, uh, I don't think not that the, the people the people that want to trade Shane Gostisbehar, I don't think they realize that they're going to have to play eighty two games next year without Shane Gostisbehar. Like, I, I also don't think they think he's good. I, I he's just don't think that they Nick get Gross. it. I there's think, some there's some people who don't think he's good. I yeah. think he's good, and I want him on the Flyers. However, I see a situation where they need better players elsewhere too. And to go and get them if you can't buy them, because that's proven difficult over the last several years, you have to trade for them. And you can't just trade Robert Haig because as of right now, uh, now I don't even know. It does have a lot of value. As of right now, Chirelli isn't running a team. So, like, (laughs) I'm sure there's a very good chance he is by December, but I don't want (laughs) to wait that long to get good players. So, like, I just see ghosts. I'm looking at Sanheim's numbers, uh, and I'm comparing them to ghosts. Ghost had five primary assists at five on five. That's the same number as Michael Roffel and Nolan Patrick. Uh, same number of total assists at five on five as Provorov, Provorov, Haig, and Gudis. Eighteen points at five on five. Same number as Haig. So you can keep going, but like we all know, he had a down year. Yeah. All you're doing is just hammering home for two straight minutes that he had a down year. We know he had a down year. How, this but probably how much isn't of a Shane down year is it? Like, An incredible. We've it's got pretty big down year. We've got three seasons worth of data that says this is the anomaly. We have two good seasons, no, I, I, one up and down season where maybe he drove play and didn't get the results, and we have one shit season. I do agree, and I don't think. I mean, really, this season. I don't think this season was as shitty as we're talking about. You could make a lot of the same arguments for this season that you did for the second season. To be totally honest, you like Gosses Bear didn't drive play as well as we want him to. He was not underwater. For, in terms of advanced metrics, they were they were passable. They Missy weren't great. just they farted were, in your direction passable. because that's how she feels about it. in your general direction. Yeah. But the point I'm making about this is like, I hate the word the word expendable. Expendable is the wrong because word because that implies that like, oh well, it's just as simple as sliding Travis Sanheim in to replace Shane Gosbear. And the problem with that is like, you already have Travis Sanheim. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a case of like. You're trading for Adam Fox from Carolina, who's then immediately going to sign with you, which he wouldn't. He's yeah. he's only going to sign with the Rangers. But like that to me is like who who would make Shane Gossesbear expendable if you have another Shane Gossesbear who's not currently on the team who can slide into his spot? Does is Shane Gossesbear someone who maybe you think about trading if you can get a great return that fills a hole elsewhere? Sure, maybe. If you're getting back a super great forward or you're getting back a legitimate number one right-handed defenseman you can play next to Ivan Provorov for the next six, seven years, yes, it's a consideration. You don't 
I don't say I wouldn't say you you rule it out offhand just because you love Shane Goss's bear. But the idea that he's expendable, that like now you can trade him because Travis Sanheim's emergence has allowed you to trade Shane Goss's bear. No, you could just keep both of them, and that's great. Oh, I'm very much for that plan. Expendable is the wrong word. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I, and I, I don't. I'm not necessarily saying that's what you're yeah, saying. No, I, I just hate keep, that word. Being uh, yeah, said. I want to keep Shane Goss's bear. I feel the way. I want six puck movers. I want nothing but guys who push play that way and put up points. That's it. Because. I want hockey players. I don't care what the hell your position says. If it's a goalie who can score, go get him. But uh, that would be hard to do. It would be awesome. Uh, But, like, I just, if they can't, do you want to overpay for Matt Duchesne? I'm like I'm considering it. But if you don't go get him, how do you improve other areas? Like well, that's that's the issue with me. And when I yeah, see Sandheim, yeah. I go, okay, if he puts up these numbers and then we give him Ghost's power play time, there's that production. And then Ghost's production gets replaced by the really good forward we go get. Yeah. I've said yeah. all year, you probably lose a Ghost trade. I've said it. I'm not going to reject it out of hand, but you probably lose it. But if there's a Jones for Johansson thing out there, I'm very much open to it. My hope is that, and this and obviously this may not be how it plays out because you, just, you don't know... It's one of the reasons why when people ask me like, well, "Are you gonna go, are you gonna write an article about trade targets?" Like, no, because I don't know who's a trade target. Yeah, I don't know who's available. GMs to- have a much better understanding than I do of who's available. But like, my preference would be to the trade you make trade using prospects and picks, not roster players. That is my preference. Now, is that trade out there? I don't know, but like, it was out there last off season. Like mm-hmm. Jeff Skinner. I know, I know the Ryan O'Reilly trade, it included some roster players, but they weren't any good. Yeah. So, like... No, he just wanted out. Like, those are the kind of trades that if I'm Chuck Fletcher and I have all these assets, I'm looking to trade... I'm looking to make before I make a Shane Goss spare for someone trade. Okay. Or, on the other hand, um, if you're going to do a shakeup trade... A lot like the Carolina Calgary trade worked both ways. It was a good trade, good trade That's for fair. both teams. That's fair. Like yeah. if you're gonna, okay, here's one of these things and one of these things, and you, we're both getting what we need. Yeah. It's just yeah. s- swapping the pieces because our cultures are bad and yeah. we seem to have fixed them. All right, guys, I'm gonna close out here asking you about these double IHF World Championships. Oh God, what good can come of playing in this dumb tournament? Okay, well, it's, can, it's can I can I rant for a second? Yeah, go, go for on. it. I love when Charlie. What rants. good can come out of this tournament? Period. It is the <laughs> biggest waste of time on the hockey schedule. We should just fire the whole tournament in the sun. This is a tournament that is decided by which country happens to have more good players that Not weren't on playoffs. playoff teams. <laughs> it's a goddamn waste of time. If you're going to Russia, ha- run away with it every year with all the lazy <laughs> Russians who don't work hard enough. Well to done, win in the xenophobic playoffs. Bill. Yeah. Um, but seriously, like this entire tournament is a waste of. Time it doesn't mean anything. It, it's it's a tournament where Dave Hackstall can have a job again. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. We I should talk to, about it because Hart and it how looks much time like, do we have left? I don't remember. Okay. Jeremy, what are we looking at? Two minutes. Two. All right. Hart and it looks like Couturier are going to suit up for Team Canada, and I, that's just so much fun with Dave Hackstall uh, getting an assistant job there. It looks like JVR is playing for USA. Jake's playing for the Czech and apparently squad. There are going to be a few more Europeans yeah. that are playing. Yeah, I'm but. sure. Like Michael Raffle plays center at this thing, like two C <laughs> at this thing every year. Like, uh, but like I it's actually, Austria, of, so. I, I was able to convince myself of another thing today. Actually, this tournament I hate is good. What were you doing this morning? Season end end dates since Coots and Jake got here, May 8th, 2012. 
April 27th, 2013. April 30th, 14. April 11th, 15. The 24th of 16. The 9th of 17. The 22nd of 18. April 6th of this year. Sadly, I'm not being sarcastic by saying it's actually good for a guy like Coots to keep taxing his body into late May because he's never had to do it for the Flyers and he's our 1C. He's going to be playing, hopefully at some point soon, 25 minutes a night into June. And given his playoff injury history, fluky or not, his body needs to accommodate. My... My one positive was going to be that they stay in in game shape. So I don't necessarily disagree with you, but on principle, I have to. I have trouble understanding (laughs) so many strong feelings towards this tournament. Like it's just there, and it's kind of fun. I hate it. Okay, hate it. Don't watch it. I always just think there's nothing. There's nothing good that can come of it. Like, oh, cool, Couturier hurt his MCL again. Awesome. That's all that can happen. It's just. I like, know he's good. To me, you have to me you have a tournament to like get something out of it. And there's you don't there's no one would ever argue that like well that country won the world championship so they're the best hockey country this yeah. year. Yeah, like, but it, no, it's but it's, all it's of them a are, worthless tournament. All of them are. Though. No, like the Olympics have That's value. That's real. Yes. The other all well, the other ones are. What they, other ones? Are they any the more? worlds? Juniors, World Juniors is it, World Juniors has value it's because it U-20 says that you ha- it's a U twenty tournament, and guess what? All of the best U twenty players that aren't in the NHL play in that tournament. You know what doesn't happen in the World Championships? Not all the best players in it because the best players are still playing hockey in the league that matters. So there's parity. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's called I hate it. It's called cost certainty, not parity. <laughs> uh, real quick, wait, are we losing weight, Allison? Is that what's happening? That's a concern. I think it, I think we are. It sure looks that way. That's a concern. So that's kind of where I'm landing. Yeah, fuck like, off well, with you, fuck Wade. Fuck you, Wade, and your injuries. Yeah, and not no one Wade. likes your dumb ginger That face is your, your real name. name. So for for what it's worth. <laughs> Fletcher did not sound, and like he could just be, you know, posturing here. He did not sound concerned when he answered the question. It was sort of like, yeah, we're in good time contact with him. We have a good relationship with both of them. So, like, we're not worried. Now, I mean, whether if they trade one or both of them in the offseason, that'll be the tell that they were worried. And, like, that's fine if they do that. Listen, if they're not signing here, freaking trade them. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Adam Fox, they knew he wasn't signing, so they traded him. And guess what? The team that traded for him. Left empty-handed. Yeah. So I'm all for I just, I'm looking at the, because that's always the concern with NCAA guys. Other guys have the loophole, but it's like, do I want to go to Zurich and play? Yeah. Not really. Whatever, um, Jimmy VC. No one yeah. cares about you anymore. So, and, and plus with, with juniors guys, this is really important. Like juniors guys, the good ones, like the obvious first, second, third round picks, they usually get signed immediately. Yeah. Because that's... that because then you can just kind of park them there and slide yeah, the deal. The... So the players are like, hey, money. Hey, I'm signing this immediately because they're 18 and they're not thinking about leverage. <laughs> Whereas in college, because you can't sign them immediately, that gives them years to think about like, you know, I grew up a Rangers fan. And if I really want to, I could play for them rather than play for the team I don't care about. God... Why don't I do that? Goddamn train station. I don't get wanting to play in it. <laughs> Just blows my mind. That's my one of my favorite things that you say. The train station thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I think that is where we will wrap it up. I had fun today. Uh, it was a good time. That's, this was a very Bill show. Uh, yeah, it was. Listen, people got <laughs> anger. I'm the voice of the people, whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the time I have for you this week. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. <laughs> that's all for, the time that he has I have. I still have a lot of time. And for Kelly and Stefan, Charlie, and have a great week. And Missy. Have a great week, everybody. Are you?